Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Hello and welcome to the Football Guard Podcast. My name is Manuel Weff. And yeah, a bit of a different location for me. I'm at the Big Easy down south in New Orleans. I know that's not the Football Guard related at all, but it's still pretty cool. Um, very different from my two guests who are as always joining me. Andrew, um, you know, you're really going to hate this, but it's definitely t-shirts and shorts weather here. It's like we're talking actual tropical. We're talking mid oh, mid twenties. Just you, just you, just <laughs> stay in your limbs. Be, be quiet, you honestly. <laughs> this is definitely the longest ongoing joke. That and press food. Speaking of press food, uh, Andrew, I'm catching you in Yekaterinburg. There hasn't been any last name name changes of that city. I checked. Um, I I was not. Uh, yeah, I know. I know this happens in the post-Soviet space because Yekaterinburg used to be Svetlovsk, right? So uh, I had to make sure that didn't, they didn't change it back for whatever reason. But yeah, you are actually at a press box at the moment. So, um, Andrew, tell us what's the food like. <laughs> Well, I will tell you in great detail because we actually have an improved selection of biscuits this time. Not only do we have some chocolate cream, we have some Viennese wafers with a skushonka coating and a, a drizzle of chocolate on the outside, lightly toasted on the inside, absolutely succulent, melting, melting the mouth sort of stuff. It's sensational. You won't get this sort of press food anywhere else, mostly because press food elsewhere is better, but let's ignore that fact. <laughs> Brilliant, Andrew. I, I, I'm I'm happy for you that you finally get something that's almost eatable at uh, Russian press boxes. <laughs> <laughs> almost, yes. <laughs> that, that that's a huge improvement from years past. Um, I mean, I had my own experience in Russian press boxes where they basically put up a fridge with water and the fridge was locked. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's been my past experience. And we're talking Champions League games here. So yeah, um, you already heard him chuckle in the background. Tim, how are you doing? Um, well, you've been so far entertaining, entertaining me with some football grad comedy, so I've been doing great. Um, uh, Andrew, you haven't really reported on the shawarma situation because that's what's really important to me. Well, Tim, I, I hate to say it. Well, no, I don't hate to say it. I love to say it. But as you well know, Tim, the world capital of Sharma is the Gyalog Stadium in Tumen. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not there today. So, um, Yekaterinburg does have a reasonable selection of um, food outlets in the concourses. 
the problem is there aren't enough fans here to open them, so there's nothing to be served. Um, <laughs> they don't do Sharma anywhere near as well uh, as, as the world-famous um, Giolo Sharma. So when I come to your captain, I don't raise my expectations to Sharma levels, but my biscuit levels, they're, they're satisfied for the time being at least. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very good news, Andrew. Uh, we're very happy for you. Um, we're going to actually talk about human, uh, not the shawarma, something completely different. I, I tell you, it's probably just a spicy dough as of news. Um, speaking of news, we have, we have our news section back. There hasn't been much happening in terms of news. Um, the only piece of news is, and Tim, I'm going to you for this one, uh, Kokor the Mamaev hearing. Yes, this must be like the fifth or sixth edition of this hearing. They're still in jail, believe it or not. Um, Russian bureaucracy grinds its wheels very slowly, aren't they? Yeah, and they're doing it definitely on purpose because uh, that case is really doesn't doesn't need really six months of detective work when you know when you have two idiots um, drunkenly starting a fight in a, in a coffee shop and then punching a guy like this that doesn't really require six months of really really. Um, intense detective work so uh, what's happening right now it's currently as we're recording this podcast there's like one of the hearing it's um it's uh i think i don't know how to call it in english and even in russian but it's like one of the most important one because right now there's you know it's a closed hearing so so nobody really knows what's going on there but uh, it's the one they've been really delaying for the since october so this is the one they i think it was originally was scheduled in december then it was scheduled for january and now it was postponed to, to april and because all those delays were because they were really working on this information and the information quote unquote is was to uh, one video from the coffee shop which was 28 seconds long and it took them uh, eight uh, sorry six months to to work on that um by no means defending according to my if i think that they are did really wrong things and they're deservedly in this uh situation and like i said um the reason they're in this situation because uh they are being judged by the machine which created them by the system which created them so now uh, i'm by no means defending them but it's just a little bit comical that um in any other situation if it was if, if it would have not been two famous football players it um I uh, would have taken probably a couple of weeks to find the solution for this problem. But this is the situation. And um, uh, sometime, you know, probably by the end of uh, today in Russia, we will have some information. Um, as I understand, they either will go to jail or they will be uh, sent home or it will be delayed again. So <laughs> there's no really obvious um, uh, solution for that. But we will just have to wait and see. But uh, today is the day we kind of have to mention it on the pod because this is one of the biggest news in Russia because this hearing is happening as we record this pod and there will be some new information on their case um, in a few hours it reminds me a little bit of VAR you know <laughs> <laughs> everyone looking at a 28 second long video um, that you know <laughs> it just takes everyone forever to figure out they must they must be connected with the VAR bunker in Cologne that's why it's taking so long <laughs> Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> there's three other judges sitting in somewhere else and looking at this video and giving their opinions. Oh my god, that would be a fantastic meme, actually. You know, you you have like as judges, you have those like referees dressed up in like the full referee uniform, full kit, yeah. sitting in front of a television screens, looking at this video. Uh, someone, someone has to put it together. Someone with more time than me. Um, <laughs> that's actually kind of brilliant. It's it's a sad situation, though. I I really hope that we're going to have um 
one resolution, one result or another. Um, speaking of results, we get the Russian Premier League results. I'm going to talk about those next and then talk a little bit of what, what's going on in the league. Um, start with the, the Friday games. Um, Kirillia Sovetov, zero, Arsenal Tula, one. Um, good result, really good result for Arsenal Tula. Yenisai, one. Ruben Kazan, one. Yenisai picking up a point. That doesn't happen all too often. Dynamo Moscow, Lokomotiv Moscow, zero, one. The, the derby, Moscow derby, the smallest of the Moscow derbies. Ahmad Krosny, one. Spartak Moscow, three. Oh, I know someone was going to be happy about this. Rostov, two. Ural, one. Whew, Andrew. You are just being in relegation trouble all over. Utterly, utterly scandalous result. I'm fuming about that. But okay. Anyway, we'll get to it. Yes, don't worry. <laughs> Zenit three, Orenburg one, CSKA Moscow two, Ufa two, big point for Ufa. Krasnoda five, Anshi, well, Anshi nil. Ah, that's typical Anshi right there. Well, guys, it doesn't change too much at the top. Um, I'm saying this with careful, very careful voice. Zenit are six points clear, um, of both Loco and Krasnodar now, Andrew. Um, they made really mm. short process with their farm team in Orenburg, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, the, you say it doesn't change much for the title race, I'd say it doesn't, um, certainly. But, you know, you've got to give credit to Orenburg. That's twice now in the last three or four weeks. They've taken the lead away from home against, um, Big sides, um, but this is Zenit. It, it doesn't matter whether it was through pure ability or not. Um, as Moon is on fire, so it's unsurprising he scored again. But the, Zenit just—I still don't feel like they've fully clicked into first gear yet with their new signings. I mean, um, which is probably the most worrying part for other teams. But uh, yeah, I—I'm reluctant to say that's the title over because how many times have we said that in the past? Uh, including this season, um, and being proven wrong again. But you'd have to say, because of all the other teams around them playing each other at least once or twice before the end of the season, it's going to be really, really hard to see Zanid giving that up in, in the last nine games. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that was a one of the easier results to um, to predict this weekend, I think. Um, yeah, I have no I have no love lost for Orenberg. absolutely detest that side. Um, they have twice humiliated two men in the Faneel, and I fully admit they are they completely outclassed us both times. So I don't like them at all. So I'm glad to see them lose. <laughs> uh, that, that would be Gasovic Orenburg, though. Um, conveniently changed <laughs> changed their name to comply with uh, Russian Premier League Russian Premier League uh, rules and licensing because they can't be two teams sponsored by the same sponsor. Um, yeah, it's. The logo didn't change too much. The color stayed the same. Um, looks all very familiar to an old Zenit logo. Atem, Loco or Krasoda? I mean, Loco has second now. We didn't really see anything from them at the first half of the season. Absolutely atrocious in the Champions League. Could they sneak their way back in there in the top? I mean, even a second place would be, for, by some means, a surprise. Well, it will be massive success for them because, you know, for them going twice... 
uh, in a year to the group of Champions League that will be a massive success and obviously financial um, financial income. Uh, but you know the way they're playing again, they they play kind of like the last season. It's not like they're playing a beautiful football and we will be absolutely amazed by this beautiful game which Lokomotiv plays. No, absolutely not. It's exactly the same as last season. Very pragmatic, very uh, very tactical, very careful approach. But they're getting the results, and that really reminds me the last season. I'm not saying that you know they will they will be able to catch the need because like it's pretty much practically very impossible to do in the remaining remaining games but at the same time you know it's it's not uh, that easy for them to it's it's, it's it's everything is is in their hands but we have a very important game coming up uh, this weekend that they're playing against Zenit and um obviously you know it's so tight um in the top of the table so every um, match especially between to uh, between uh, teams in that group can change anything because uh, at the in the same weekend we also have Spartak Tsiska who are also fighting for Champions League spot so this next weekend is crucial not crucial because it's too early to have a crucial weekend but it really will um, kind of set the tone for the rest of the um, uh, champion that so Lokomotiv is there but um, we have to be cautious with the uh, you know of any anticipations or expectations because really there's still a few games left between the key opponents and everything could change um, any day. But it's surprising, like I said, surprising to see them because they are atrocious in the beginning of the season. Uh, and I can cannot really say that they're brilliant now. They're playing again this mm-hmm. very pragmatic game. So hard to really evaluate. But that pragmatic game got them the trophy last year. So we have to see. Yeah, and I mean, they can shorten that gap to just three points exactly yeah right it, it, it's in their hands it's the state the game is moscow um so i mean they, as you said tim the next the upcoming weekend could be could be either decisive i mean zenith could go nine points clear or it could be title race full on title race Exactly. Just imagine if that happens. That will be great. Like we've been saying forever that Zenith kind of already got their their trophy. But um, uh, at the same at, in the same game, if Lokomotiv wins and uh, shortens the gap to three points, we also have uh, another team which is playing um, uh, playing this weekend. Obviously, Krasnodar, who is on the same points as Lokomotiv, and they're playing at home against Krylia Sovietov. So, if Lokomotiv gets the points, then two teams will be within three points from Zenit, and this will get very very interesting. So, uh, I think this next um, match day is, is important because it really could create a title race or. Uh, gives Zenit pretty much the, the trophy. So, Andrew, week of champions next week. You go along with that? It's like super, super weekend in, Ru- in the Russian Premier League. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be, well, I mean, all games are critical from this stage in, but it really will tell, I think, a lot of the character. I, I expect it's going to be another game of semi ball, um, against Zenit. It's going to be nil nil at half time. Um, but I think unlike every other team in the league, Zanit have just more resources. Uh, we saw Rakitsky's free kick. I mean, that's a quality of free kick you don't see from many players at all, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but you know, we can all hope uh, just purely from a vaguely neutral point of view, like Tim says, although it's a six point gap, this is the Russian Premier League this weekend, the fixtures that are thrown up, it really could be three teams separated by three points and it's right back into a a title race again as opposed to a already finished race. So I, I expect it to go 
I expect uh, Loco to draw with Zunni, to be honest with you. Um, but simply because that's all Zunni really need. As long as you just keep everybody at arm's reach, at arm's length, um, they really won't be threatened uh, unduly. Um, I do expect Krasar to comfortably be Krillia, but I, I don't think Zunni's going to have too much trouble holding Locomotive off. A uh, question, question for both of you. Let's say, again, let's play a little bit of imaginary game. Let's say Lokomotiv wins that, and then the gap shortens to three points. Do you think Zenit will get nervous? Uh, they have the quality, they have the lineup, in terms of just like the the, prof- the, the players who already experienced um, big uh, victories, big trophies. At the same time, we know that the Zenit has, hasn't been brilliant. Uh, there's a lot of questions to Simak and the way they play. And for the most of the season, their main strategy was to long balls to Zuba, and Zuba does something. So I, th- what do you think, guys? Like, I, Are they going to get nervous if that happens? I would say yes. Just based on history, right? And I mean, history, we always say, okay, well, history doesn't matter and, um, teams are not, you know, this, these are new teams with new players, but people, the players talk, right? And players look up results yeah. from, from past seasons. And we've seen Sinit now twice in the t- two last two years blow a big lead at the top of the table and completely yeah. fall apart. Exactly. And this that, is what, what I'm kind of alluding to. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think football is so much mind games that to a certain extent I mm-hmm. think if if Loco win that game then all of a sudden it's three points that's one game that's nothing right so um I think that's the next weekend really is a crucial one for Zenit they need for them they need to almost win that game to to just say okay like look we beaten Loco um they at that point, they might only have one rival left for the title with Krasnodar, right? Krasnodar, very young, unexperienced side as well. Um, also with a history of kind of blowing it a little bit. So, um, I think that would be a big result for them, but they have to win that, uh, Tim. I, you, you know what, guys? Uh, you make a good point about Zanit's, um, the psychological aspect of it. It's a good question, Tim, because we've seen Zanit crumble at this stage of the season. And slightly before this stage, just before the winter break, they traditionally have a dreadful November. But I think, um, I, I, I actually, I'm going to go the other way. I don't think they are going to get nervous, even if they do lose, simply, simply because they, they, because they haven't hit first gear yet. Um, they have, they know they have more potential to come. Ozdoyev is almost like a new player for them since the winter break. Uh, and he really has earned his place inside. They're not missing Marquisio being out injured at all. I mean, he was a waste of space in the beginning, in my point of view. But um, having the story of coming back, having Noboa coming back, having, of course, Asman with his goals, and um, the partnership with Juba is is something it's is something we don't see very often, is it? You know, a strike partnership nowadays is quite rare. But I think, although Juba is not scoring as frequently as Asman is, I think he is being more involved in build-up play. You mentioned, Tim, about the you know the long balls up to Juba being one of the main tactics in the first half of the season. Well, they're not only playing long balls to him now. They are playing them to Asmund's feet. Juba is looking forward, I suppose, with back to goal a bit more often. Um, Ozdoyev is looking a really, really good box-to-box midfielder on current form. Um, they, just, they just have too many resources to get nervous, in my point of view. But psychologically, you never... Never, no, you cannot guarantee anything um, from that point of view. And Zanit do have, you know, they have history of crumbling. So 
I, I'm going to sit my neck out and say they won't get notes even if they do lose. Um, they have the advantage, they have the squad, and I think they have just done enough to, to stay safe anyway. I, I tell you this, Andrew, if they don't do it this year, with all these resources and everything that they that they got and mm -hmm. all the money that they spent, I, I think then yeah. Gazprom might as well just like shut down all their pipelines. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, okay, what I will say is this. Even though I'm saying I don't think they will mentally crumble this season, if they don't win the league this season and I'm proven wrong, then I think there's just no hope. If you cannot win <laughs> the Russian Premier League, which are, other than the top four sides, five sides, there isn't any real competition with the quality they have, the resources, the stadium, the social media, the support, everything. If they still can't win it, then you've, well, I, I don't know what more they can do. You're right, maybe the Maybe the pipelines can flow. No, sorry, I'll tell you what. You talk of pipelines. Maybe it'll stop the flow from where they all come from in Chumen. Keep the money there. Uh -huh. Invest in a real football okay, culture okay. in Chumen. Uh, Andrew, we, we're, getting we're, that, we're getting to that. We're getting to that story in a little bit. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to kind of keep this moving, let's say it's a neat win next week. Then really, I mean, we kind of also have, and this is almost a separate race, Right behind them, four teams for two Champions League spots. Um, you look at Lokomotiv Moscow, Krasnodar, uh, CSKA Moscow, Spartak Moscow. Those four teams are only separated by two points, Tim, right? Exactly. It's so tight. And with the upcoming game between Spartak and CSKA, it is crucial. Uh, Krasnodar, like we've no noticed, they have uh, on paper easier game, but we, like we said, they're in and an, an younger side. And they've been known sometimes for having not very successful games with teams which are below their, their quality. So it is, it is pretty much impossible to say, really. Um, if I'm talking about my team, Spartak, we can finish uh, on the fifth spot, which is Europa League. Um, at the same time, we have good chances of finishing second, which is uh, straight to the Champions League group, mm. and it's really it's really within two points, and that's why those like remaining games are crucial. Um, Spartak has only one game against the direct opponent left against uh, CSKA, and the rest of calendar is on paper again easier, but it is it is just on paper. So we it is it is interesting. Like we spoke already about Lokomotiv, uh, um, CSKA, and Krasnodar. Um, so it's it is it is it is an interesting um, thing. Uh, Krasnodar they still have a game against Zenit. So if let's say Zenit loses and Krasnodar wins, uh, then on uh, April twentieth there will be another crucial game. So uh, and then also Krasnodar they have a game against CSKA. So it is it is still. Um, because of it so tight and because there are so many games left between direct opponents, um, then it's really hard even to to really to to predict and that's what makes this race interesting. We still might have a title race. Uh, there's a question mark under that and we will find out that uh, on Sunday. Uh, but the uh, the fight for the Champions League and Europa League spots, I think it will go on until the end of the season. It's very hard to see, um, you know, being solved a few 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 match days before the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, do you have anything to add to this? No, no. To be honest with you, I, I I'd go along with that. I think the most exciting part is going to be the the European race. One little thing I would say is, as an English football fan, there's a big thing that's been running for years now fueled by Sky Sports of the top six the big six clubs in England and I, I'm starting to see a big five formulating there's a huge gap in 
I know not in points mathematically, but in resources, in realistic chances between the top five at the moment. Um, the you know the the clubs like Rostov have won once in the last ten or eleven games, right. and they're still in sixth place. Uh, and that win was absolutely robbed with the last kick of the game last weekend, which probably undeserved. Um, and but no, but semi seriously though, that tells a story. If a club <laughs> wins once in was it ten, eleven games, um, and they are the next best team in the league at the moment, it's there's no challenge for who the top five are going to be in the near future, as far as I can see. I don't see Rostov breaking into it, um, but for this season, it's suddenly it's so close again. Just when I thought Spartak probably going to be have have to make do with, you know, they could easily, like Tim says, the Campbell list. Uh, so I'm not going to make any more predictions other than Zelik will win the title, which is not the most difficult prediction to make, I admit. Yeah, no, that's 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 an easy one. Um, but yeah, uh, Andrew, speaking of about relegation, um, that game you lost to Rostov two one. Um, not the best result. That that means now that gap. Remember we talked about last week how there was a six point gap between thirteenth and sixth. Mm -hmm. Um, that gap is now nine points. I mean, Ural are still, they are in the, the relegation zone. I have to clarify for those who are listening in for the first time. They are in the promotion relegation playoffs. So it's, there is still a bit of a lifeline, but, um, you know, 23 points now. Dinamo Moscow on 23. Kirlia Sovetov on 24. And then Orenburg, your friends from Orenburg, uh, the, the team known formerly as Gasovic on 26. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. The relegation fight is definitely on now, isn't it? Oh, it, it is. It is, and it, it's um, it's a it's as tight a fight as as the European fight. I mean, okay, I listeners may have possibly picked up in the past that I have a slight, only slight bias towards Oral, but the the honest truth is there is not a huge amount of difference in overall quality between pretty much the middle half of the table, if you like, from sixth down to the relegation zone, um, as the points are shown this season. The thing about Rodal is, yet again, they didn't keep a clean sheet. And I, 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 I keep repeating this stat, but it gets more and more impressive or depressing, which depending on your perspective, that Rodal in 21 games now have not kept a clean sheet in the league. Um, you know, we brought in uh, brought in Stefan Strandberg, who's been fantastic on loan from from Krasadar. The whole point of bringing him in was to bring some leadership, bring some stability at the back. Um, but again, we conceded. It was to be fair. Okay, it's clutching at straws, admittedly, but it was it was a lovely first goal lobbed over the keeper, and the last goal uh, it it wasn't a Mihamevia goal, whatever you've read on the stats, it was an it was an own goal. It came off his head, off the shoulder, off the defender. It was scrappy, it was the last touch of the game. But that's the thing, isn't it, guys? Actually no, when you're down, your luck's down as well. Um but like I say, it doesn't matter because as we speak right now, um I'm in the stadium for the Russian Cup semi final, which is gonna be a walk in the park because we'll absolutely hammer Arsenal to that again, like we did earlier in the league. Um and stroll past Lokomotiv in the final to get revenge. So we'll be in Europe anyway. So uh -huh. okay, yeah. but Andrew, before I get to that, and don't worry, I will get to that. <laughs> um, I, I I'm looking at the all the Ural starts at the moment, and they have the like the last five games, one draw out of the last five games. Goal differentials twenty two minus twenty two thirty three. That's a minus of thirteen. 
Whew, that's that's not pretty reading. I mean, this is the <laughs> the third worst yeah. goal differential in the in the fourth worst. Sorry, not actually the third worst goal differential in the entire league. Yeah, it's it, it, it's not good. It's not good. Admit. Um, the problem. Well, I say one problem. One of the problems, anyway. Um, a lot of the a lot of the games we've played recently, we've not actually played badly, um, but we've played Zenit at home and Spartak at home, um, and you know against and and Tiska at home. Okay, Spartak, we won in the cup, but against Zenit, Zenit were the better side, but they didn't make any many clear cut chances and one goal, one mistake against Tiska. Fifteen minutes to go, one mistake, one goal. So. Performances that genuinely, without wise, deserved something from it. Should really both be nil-nil draws. Suddenly, you've got two defeats, and it looks a whole lot worse. But there's only so long you can keep making those sort of excuses. You know, you can play, you can deserve points, but if you don't get them, you don't get them. And it's and, it's looking hard at the moment. Andrew, I'm just looking at the remaining fixture for Ural. It's actually looking not that bad because you're playing against all direct opponents. You're playing Yenisei, you're playing Krylia Sovetov, you're playing Ofa, you're playing Arenburg, and you're playing Anji in the, on the last day. This is doable. Tim, is that game yeah. in, Anji, in Mahachkala? Uh, it is. We, we lost to them at home in the summer at the beginning of the season. So we're playing them away, but we've got Yenisei at home this weekend. And... I hate to say it, but it's actually quite an important game. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's any game against Yensei should be guaranteed three points for anybody of any self-respect. But it, it, it is an important game because if Yensei battle and make it difficult and we don't get three points from that, that's that's seriously, seriously damaging. You can't be Yensei at home. Then, I hate to say it, even as my own team, you, you don't really deserve much more. But mm. there, there are some there are some glamour home games coming up as well towards the end of the season. But Lokomotiv at home um, uh, still have to space, play Spartak at home in the league. Um, so there are some big big fixtures coming up, and like you say, direct opponents. But I have to say, the NSA game this weekend it couldn't come quickly enough because we've got to break this winless winless streak. And hopefully get the first clean sheet. I can't believe I'm saying this. 22 games in, the first clean sheet of the league season. Oh boy! If we don't do that, then it's I know, I know. It's it's almost like um, it's almost like watching. Well, I would like I would say Bayern Munich because you're an 1860 fan, Manny, but that doesn't really ring true because they're quite good. It's it's depressing, Manny. That's what it is. But tonight, tonight the cup is going to get me perked up. I hope. Well, Yenisei will be like a local derby, right? The the, the two cities are only separated <laughs> by what four thousand kilometers. <laughs> Just by like you know a few thousand, yeah. Well, um, they, I mean, don't don't forget as well. For me personally, um, Yenisei were hosted in Tumen, where actually they got had their best run of form earlier in the season when their rubbish Centralny Stadium wasn't ready. So. Um, yeah, I, actually, I took my daughter to their first ever football game. It was a Yenisei Krasdiars game. No Poor girl. I know, I know. You're I joking, know. right? Are you actually serious? <laughs> really, honestly, deadly serious. Their first ever football game was last school cooler against Yenisei Krasdiars, nil-nil. Um, I'm oh, not no. surprised that your family doesn't support you loving football. I'm not surprised, <laughs> my friend. No, I, okay, I'll redeem myself. I'll redeem myself. Their yeah. second ever game of football was... Two men absolutely thrashing 
Tiska in the Russian Cup, nil-nil, and winning on penalties. Okay, I was, just, I was just going to say you set yourself up for failure, but um, I think you might have rectified it with that second game. But um, Andrew, let's 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 stay with Ural here for a moment because it's not all doom and gloom, right? You've already alluded to it as often as you could um, today. Um, did, did, by the way, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but it's the Russian Cup semi-final today. Yeah. Did I mention it? I can't okay, remember. we finally got to that agenda item. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to structure this entire podcast along a line, and I mean, um, <laughs> it, it's almost impossible. I mean, I can't contain your excitement. So, yes, <laughs> go for it. We could finally chat about it. Yes, Ural against Arsenal Tula, semi final of the Russian Cup. This is big why, Andrew, the floor is for you, yours for the next 10 minutes. I'm just going to sit back and relax. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's about blooming time. You know, you guys going on and on about other stuff, not letting me even mention the fact that it's a Russian Cup semi-final right now. But uh, finally, finally. Well, no, in all, in all seriousness, I, I already was before this season, or before two seasons ago, I was a big fan of the Russian Cup because... It's it's a strange one. It gets you direct route into the group stages of the Europa League. Um, I can't understand why more big teams don't take it more seriously. I like the organisation in the early stages of the tournament. When the Premier League sides enter, they all play their first game away from home. It gives the, the smaller guys a bit of a chance. Um, but, you know, it's it's such a quick route. Once you're If you're a Premier League side, you play the round of 32, the round of 16... <laughs> Um, and then suddenly you're in the quarterfinals. Just win your first two games and you've got a real shot at Europe. Oral have taken it seriously um, over the last few years. Two years ago, made the final in Sochi against Lokomotiv. Anybody who remembers, that was the game when there were four red cards, a massive punch-up about 10 minutes before the end. Um, Jefferson Farfan announced himself rather aggressively, should we say, and Lokomotiv went on to win that one scandalously again, robbed, robbed of silverware. Um, but this year, it's looking interesting. Rostov against Lokomotiv later tonight, the first leg. That's going to be a very even game, uh, I think, because they're both, I admit, better teams. But on the other hand, it means you've got two well-balanced semi-finals. Arsenal Tula came here early in the season. They scored twice, but still lost. Um, so tonight, and Arsenal Tula, as we know, they're, they're one of the best attacking sides outside the top two or three sides. So they scored more goals at home than any other, but they struggle away from home. So it should be an entertaining game. Um, but the pressure is mounting. You, we, we've said this already a number of times. The pressure is mounting. It already was a massive game, but now with the pressures of the league as well, um, it's it might... It, the dangers of relegation are so big. You go down, you lose players, you lose investment, you lose interest, and there's you know the World Cup stadium could... You know, potentially become a white elephant. You never know what could happen if Oral really did do the unthinkable and go down. So maybe a cup semi-final is exactly what they need to to get on back on track again. Um, but I'm certain this is going to be it's going to be an entertaining one, guys. Mm. Andrew, I have a couple of oh sorry sorry man, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, the first one, could you please just describe a little bit the the atmosphere because I know it's a weekday and. Uh, 
Uh, it's not that easy, you know, the opponent is not really glamorous, but uh, still it's cup semi-final. So how's the attendance? How is the interest? Um, I'm genuinely interested. Actually, it's, well, it's good that you asked that. <laughs> this is the atmosphere. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit too loud. You probably can't hear much in there, so I'll go back inside, I think. <laughs> the atmosphere, fellas. Uh, well... <clears throat> Sorry for that brief interlude. I thought I'd give you a taste, but um, <laughs> it's very loud for loudspeakers. Almost no fans in the stadium. Um, you know, you guys oh, know no. fans have that. Russian fans have this bizarre habit. I still can't get to grips with it of turning up very, very late in the stadium. Uh, I'm expecting the attendance to be somewhere around 12,000, 13,000, which is about half full, which is it's not too bad, but it's a weekday. It's, it's yeah. quite cold side um i reckon it will be dipping to around zero by by about the second half uh and people know this and will might stay away it is on tv as well so unfortunately the atmosphere is not great at the moment um i don't expect many away fans at all either because this is this is it's not the most accessible place to get to and from so um you know if it, you know tim as you well know any team goes anywhere in Russia and they play Spartak Moscow, instantly there are thousands of fans. Local fans, travelling fans, there's always a huge support. Arsenal Tula, not quite so much. Um, <laughs> so um, I don't know if that will work in Oral's favour or not. Possibly it will. But what I can say is even when the attendance is quite low, the acoustics in the stadium are, are absolutely fantastic. I don't <laughs> As we heard. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's, it's not quiet. Uh, but genuinely, the noise, the noise is excellent. It really, you know, you do get a feel, despite it being, I've said this so many times, the open stand, you'd think the noise would just drift out, but it doesn't. Um, so, unfortunately, the atmosphere is not great at the moment, but uh, it will get better, I promise. Yeah, actually, Tim, thanks that you asked that question. That was actually going to be exactly what I asked, because... <laughs> <laughs> Because as we rec- as we record this, by the time the podcast will be out, the first leg will have been played, right? So we want to give a bit more of an impression of what's actually going on. So this actually answers a couple of my questions already. Um, I think to the one thing that probably plays into the low attendance um, is also the fact that this is the first of two legs, right, Andrew? So this is yeah. not e- this is not yeah. even the decisive game yet. So. Do you love watching live TV but are tired of your huge cable bill? Sling TV has the same top cable channels for as little as half the price, so you can save hundreds of dollars while still watching your favorite sports, news, reality TV, and more. Ditch cable and get Sling's total live streaming solution with free local channels. Setup and installation are included. Make the smart choice and switch to Sling TV. Get the best of cable for the best price. Learn more at sling.com slash cut cable. That's sling.com slash cut cable. Set up an installation included with $49 down and $20 a month for 12 months. Restrictions apply. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. I reckon when this game goes back 
to Arsenal to learn. Maybe you want to explain a little bit too. Are they using the European format for this game? As in, like, do away goals count double? Like, how big of a, you know, you mentioned that Ural can't keep a clean sheet to save their lives. How big yeah. is, a, is a clean sheet going to be for this one? Well, as my understanding is, anyway, unless the rules have changed, is that away goals do count. And that is my main worry. Um, I hate playing the first leg of any big knockout tie at home. I yeah. always prefer to play the away leg first, suss out the opposition, get a bit of a feel for it. And then you know what you're dealing with in front of your own fans. I, okay, if, if you ask me how I expect the game to go in, you know, given the fact that it's a two leg game, with my heart, of course, well, that would be five no wins, but with my head, I just, I think over two legs, I'm, I'm concerned because it's the sort of, it's the sort of matchup where Arsenal Tula know all they need to do is simply keep it tight here and they know they can score goals at home. Yeah. Uh, they, they've scored, like I said, more than any other team in Russia at home this season. Uh, and they know that Ural have minimal goal threat. Um, so it's, it's critical, absolutely critical that they keep the clean sheet tonight. Um, but I would, I would almost, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm getting quite nervous now that you guys are mm. talking about the, the, the effect <laughs> and what it means now. I'm, I don't get nervous normally, but I'm starting to get seriously, seriously anxious. But uh, yes, the you're right, Manny. Clean sheet. If we could get only our second clean sheet of the entire season, uh, bearing in mind we did keep a clean sheet against a certain team in red and white in the last round. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what happened? Uh, what happened there? I I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the goal difference rule, they they went ahead of us on the away goal, so it's. Yeah, it's still there. Andrew, just uh, since we have an uh, Andrew Flint's uh, fan of Ural uh, special today, and it's all uh, you, <laughs> then the floor is yours. Um, I would like to lift your spirits with the next, again, hypothetical question. I'm today, for some reason, asking hypothetical questions, but uh, it's important because we spoke about it last time. Uh, we spoke about what um, last episode, how much trouble did Ufa got if they, um, when they went uh, to play in Europe. And um, so if, let's say, hypothetically, uh, Ural goes through and let's say they play against Lokomotiv and either they win the cup or they lose and Lokomotiv goes to Champions League, then I assume they will be up for, for Europe. But regardless, the question is, if uh, if Ural gets to Europe, do they have the capacity to have uh, to, to battle that um, European spot or will do you assume they will have same troubles as Ufa are having right now? Oh, God, it's... It- it's quite an intangible, really, because it would entirely depend on what recruitment they would be able to 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 get in in the summer. So let's just, let's assume, let's go along with this that they're qualified. The first obstacle for me is the very very short um, summer transfer window. It doesn't allow a lot of time or planning because you've got to remember the Russian Cup final is right at the end of the whole domestic season. Within five weeks, there's the Super Cup for the next season starting already. If they if they're unable to bring in a reliable goal scorer, then there's absolutely no chance whatsoever um, of of making an impression. Uh, realistically, it's very hard, very hard to imagine that Ural would make more of an impression than Ufa. Um, but it, it, if all the factors go in their favour, they could sign a goal scorer. It doesn't need to be a genius; it just needs to be somebody who can hold up play. Um, Anton Zabalotny is a name that I've heard mentioned um, in rumours to either go alone or possibly permanently. That would be a good signing for Ural. That's a good signing, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be a nuanced player. It doesn't need to be a, a technical player. It needs somebody who can who can finish, is physical, and is slightly more mobile than Pavel Pogrebniak. A comfortable draw, and who knows? Because to be fair to Ufa, they were within a whisker of knocking out Rangers, who were not the base side of all time, but they were within a whisker of making the group stages. But and who knows who, how they could have done. Boys, you also have to remember, cup winner goes straight to Europe. No qualification, nothing. It's straight to the group stage. Is That is the major advantage. Right. Of course, we wouldn't have that exhausting period that Ufa had, which could well cost them yeah. their Premier status, arguably. But... Um, you, you know, there are very few teams, I haven't actually checked precisely, but I believe Nusultan is actually a little bit further east than Yekaterinburg. Either way, if you're a team who has drawn against Ural, that is a very long journey. That's going to be difficult to play an away leg. And as you say, you never know. Realistically, I know it's very unlikely what I'll make an impression if they did, but do, you never know. Where's Nusultan? It's, it's in this country called um, called Kazakhstan. It was part of a great country that was called the Soviet Union. Um, and it, it, it had another name. But Tim, do you know what it used to be called? I can't remember. Do you remember, Tim? Uh, Astana? Oh, yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Well, we, can, we, can, we can put that in the next football quiz. Um, <laughs> Andrew, we're running a little bit short out of time. Oh, we still have a bit of time, but we need lots of time to discuss this next one. Yeah, your side human. You are just, you know, you're just attracting relegation trouble this year, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United have better watch out, otherwise, it really could. Mathematically, I think it was safe, actually, but, um, oh, God. Don't so are you going to become, are you going to become our PFL ex, uh, specialist next season? Are, are we going to cover the professional football league? Let's put it this way. When you think of press officers and media managers, you think of highly trained professionals who have studied media relations at university, are highly qualified people. Chumen's media officer before the winter break was a junior photography assistant for Match TV who actually put, you know, carried the, the cables behind the camera at the Ekaterinburg Arena. That was Chumen's press officer. That is the level we're talking. And that's in the Fenir. We go down to the PFL and it's... Um, I mean, this is a division where players miss the ball. There was a five-yard pass the first game in the PFL that I watched that a winger called Sergei Velosyan, who still is actually playing somehow, God knows why anybody's paying him money, um, it was past Tommy Garson, and he, he just missed the ball. I mean, I don't even know how that's possible. This is what the PFL is. It's, 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 not, it's not good, um, shall we say. But more importantly, it's one of the hardest leads to get out of because your resources drop to practically zero. Um, I mean, at the moment, uh, two men are one of the less wealthy uh, teams in the second tier of Russian football. Their budget is, I think it was ranked at 18th out of 20 of the Fanel teams. And that's, like I say, in the second tier. They drop down, bearing in mind, as we know, it's local governments that set the budgets. They're going to set, they're going to set even less. Players are going to leave. So yeah, Andrew, um, you wrote this really excellent article about the CAS case. How, I mean, point deducted, points deducted from the mm -hmm. club, relegation zone already. It doesn't look good. How optimistic are you that, you know, Cumin are going to stay in the league? Uh, is there maybe even a possibility that like last year where a bunch of teams went bankrupt? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, realistically, that's the only way Chiman are going to survive. Um, uh, I can only pray that Russian football does its uh, does its job and throws up five teams who don't want their or are unable to take their Faneuil place. Um, it's so it's so hard to explain that. I mean, people will think I really am wildly biased. In half time, I admit I do, you know, slightly over exaggerate how good Oralvi Kasimberg are. But when I talk about the Fennel, and I've said this so many times, and I, I promise you this is true, there is virtually no difference in quality between the very top and the very bottom. Last weekend, Tom Toms played Tumon, and this was the day after the news broke of the six-point deduction. So just in case anybody doesn't know the Fennel table off by heart, before this deduction, Tumon were five points from safety, six-point deduction with immediate effect, made it 11 points. Tom Tom's second in the table have been in the Premier League in the last two or three years. They've had their own problems, but they are uh, they are a young team that have been playing together a while, so they're they're good for the Faneuil level. They're second in the table. I, I I don't know how I can say this without people watching the game to trust me, but Tumen completely outclassed them for the entire game, bar five minutes in the second half. Um, they all teams in the Faneuil play three at the back. So instead of playing just one man up front, like most teams do in lower league football, booted up to the big man and, you know, look for second balls, Chumen played 5-2-3. Um, two very good midfielders, um, Igor Leontiev, who you will know, Tim, a little bit, um, and Simeon Fomin in the middle. Three forwards, neither, none of whom are forwards. They're all wingers, attacking midfielders. They were changing position. It was genuinely imaginative football. And Tom Tom's were ripped to shreds time and again, but Chiman couldn't finish. We took a lead, we went 1-0 up, and then two goals in the last 10 minutes from Tom's because of a lack of concentration, and that's it. Suddenly we've lost again. And uh, Baltica Kaliningrad, who were the first team in a safe position, a team we need to catch, they won with a 93rd-minute winner. So that means the gap is now 14 points. We went from five points from safety to 14 points from safety after one match day. Um, so unless anything else changes, unless for some miraculous reason that point deduction is overturned, it's going to be impossible purely on our own merits uh, in the table to, to stay up. I've I, I got a sinking feeling there aren't going to be five clubs to save us this time. Um, and they go down to the PFL. You've got to remember as well, the city government have already made a huge investment in the club to get them up to the Premier League. Um, seven years ago, they completely renovated the stadium, so it was up to Premier League standard. They've hosted Premier League games before. Um, and Chumen is one of the richer regional governments. You've got to remember that too. We talk about regional governments cutting budgets. Chumen is an oil-rich region. Chumen is one of the most expensive cities to live in Russia. It's the third most expensive place after Moscow and St. Petersburg. So there is money in the city. There is, there, there is a population. There's a brilliant stadium for the level. And if they go down to the third tier, what do you imagine the regional government are going to say? Right, we've had enough. We put money in. You couldn't do the job. We're going to cut funding even more. Um, and like I said in the article, the last time Chumen were relegated to the third tier, Within four years, they disbanded the first team. Mm-hmm. And for a few years, the club was in serious, serious danger of going out of all existence. Um, I, 
I, I, I've not been in this position before. I, when I, I was born in England, born in Manchester. My, my father supported Manchester United since the 1960s, and I've been used to success. But this is, this is scary. Um, this is the prospect of, of my, this is the club I really care about um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And even if they don't go out of all existence, it could perhaps be even more depressing to see them struggling, scrapping at the bottom of the third tier of Russian football. I mean, neither option is good, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and the only way to save us is pray that other clubs have an even worse demise than our own. And I don't wish that on anybody else. Well, Amkar Pierre might do and chill out, but that's by the by. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's worrying. It's very, very deeply worrying. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know what the way out is. <laughs> oh, that's why we have us. Um, we're kind of like your helpline, Andrew. Um, although <laughs> it really does not look good. Uh, fingers maybe crossed. Maybe there is, you know, the kind of situation that we had last year, or maybe Russian football decides to completely restructure the second division. Uh, you never know. You know, summer summer months are always full of change, guys. Um, unfortunately, and Andrew, I hate to end it on such a sad note, but we are out of time. Uh, <laughs> so, um, other than you um, writing depressing articles about human, what have you been up to? <laughs> Well, I've been driving to Ekaterinburg, where I am now, to watch, um, in case I forgot to mention, guys, you all know Ekaterinburg in the Russian But <laughs> um, well, apart from that, I'll be editing the next edition of the Total Football Analysis magazine this weekend, so that will be out on Thursday next week. And you guys will be interested, there is an in-depth look at Krasnodar and Murad Masayev's um, tactical setup. So it'll be a good one for Russian fans. Um, just head to totalfootballanalysis.com and you'll find it next week. Excellent stuff. Uh, Tim, well, how about you? Uh, before I talk about my social media, I wanted to say that I really enjoyed Andrew's article on uh, some Spanish side, which I cannot pronounce from the fifth division, but that was great, great work, Andrew. And if uh, people want to find me, I'm available on Rocket from Russia on Instagram and RussianTim61 on Twitter. Good luck, Andrew, and I hope Ural will uh, deliver you some pleasure uh, today. Yeah, I can only add to that. Um, really, fingers crossed that everything works out with Tumen and Ural, Andrew. I, I feel like, you know, as a United fan, you get all the success in the world as it is. So maybe it's a bit of a sobering experience. Uh, as an 1860 fan, I can feel the pain. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate the solidarity, man. I yeah, appreciate that. Uh, I, I can totally understand where you're coming from. But yeah, um, you can find me at Manovav. You can find this podcast, all the other podcasts, articles, etc. at Football Grad Live. Okay, boys, that's it for this week. Until next week, Dosvidanje.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.